Ready? Yep. Ho, ho, ho. I'm Jamie. And I'm Derek. And welcome to I Know You with Derek and Jamie, the podcast where two friends recommend something to watch based around a weekly theme. Could be a movie, TV show, really anything. Also, we always have a themed bonus segment where we discuss anything from career evolutions to top 10 lists to random recommendations. The possibilities are endless. We also end each show with some mini games, so stick around for that. Today's theme is pretty self-explanatory. It's Christmas! Christmas! Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. But yes, Christmas. Yes. Christmas. 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 The best time of the year, hands down. You're holly, you're yeah. jolly, you're watching Christmas movies, which is what we've suggested. I suggested the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And my suggestion was the greatest Christmas film of all time Die Hard. Now, just a disclaimer before we jump in, there will obviously be spoilers, so listen at your own risk. Unless you've seen both of these movies or just don't care, then enjoy our very merry commentary. That was real clever. I liked that a lot. You are most welcome for that. Oh, oh, oh. Honestly, I gotta say, though, it's kind of hard to be in the Christmas spirit right now. Why? Because it's 85 fucking degrees out. Good God. I know. We're, we got this little heat wave. It was like last week. I mean, it wasn't cold, but the highs during the day were like the low 60s. So it at least felt like a little bit kind of like wintry for Florida, at least. <laughs> but now it's like in the mid 80s and uh, it just uh, it doesn't feel like Christmas right now. I'm sorry, y'all. But yeah. I'm going to power through. We got to get through it because we did watch some pretty, uh, not going to spoil anything, but we watched some Christmas films. Yeah. I have to say the same thing. Like, it was cold here for Thanksgiving. Derek was actually up here for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And it was nice it and was cold. But now it's gotten warm and then hopefully it'll cool down soon because, you guys, I have an announcement that we are officially moving into an apartment. Bum, bum, bum. Finally. Finally. Like. After living with my mother-in-law for, what is, May to December. Seven months. Seven months. It's not bad. It's just... It's not terrible. Not, yeah. It's just we finally have a place to call our own in a couple of days. So exciting so news on my end. Yeah. The boom. New Year's at your place. Yeah, seriously. We are having a New Year's party, apparently. Oh, dang. Yeah. The, there you go. I will be prepping for my Disney trip on New Year's. That's right. Oh, yeah. I am so excited for that. I am watching all these videos on YouTube. Like, normally I don't like to dive into like these big Disney holes or Universal holes, but like right before a trip, you that's when it. it's all bets are off. And I'm just looking through all of it, just listening. That's so good. All right. How about we dive into some movies? Yeah, let's start with my suggestion of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, my guesses for Derek's ratings. Because this is the Christmas episode, I'm feeling holly and jolly and merry. And, you know, we're right. the jolliest bunch of assholes over here. So I, I went nice. I, I'm thinking positively. For his objective competence, I think he gave it a B minus. It's not the greatest made movie. Personally enjoyment i'm going high i think derek watched this and was like wow i haven't watched this before and gave it an eight and then rewatchability i'm doing a four i think this is an every year christmas movie for derek i'm like going happy let's end on a high note all right quick info for this movie this 1989 christmas comedy film stars chevy chase beverly d'angelo randy quaid 
John Galecki and Juliet Lewis. The story originates from a short story by John Hughes called Christmas 59, which was published in the December 1980 issue of National Lampoon's magazine. So a quick summary, as the holidays approach, Clark Griswold wants to have the perfect family Christmas, so he tries to make sure everything is good to go. He gets a massive tree, hosts both his and his wife's parents at their house. He gets stuck in the attic, has big plans for his Christmas bonus, and on Christmas Eve, has a very eventful day. Now, this is a really big Christmas film. Like, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is very well known. So many people love this movie. I mean, I've never seen it before, obviously, but I know, like, that poster. Yeah. Like, that poster is something I've seen again and again and again. Oh, absolutely. But what I'm curious about is, have you seen any of the National Lampoon's Vacation movies? Or just vacation movies, because they're not all National Lampoon's. I've seen one. Which one? The Vacation film. The, like, reboot? Oh, Ew. With Ed Helms. No. With, and, and like Chris Hemsworth and stuff. Yeah. Like that's the only one I've seen. I'm sure my parents are probably like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, no. they're very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just never got around to seeing them. I will say like I was watching this with Katie and she's like, wait, so like that vacation film we watched, is that connected to this? I'm like, yeah, that's technically like a sequel or a reboot yeah. of this kind of thing. She's like, oh, cool. So is Ed Helms in this as a kid? I'm like, no, they got him because like the person who's in this, I don't know. Like, I don't know who they are. Like, I just didn't know who it was. And then little Johnny Galecki comes I on know. screen. We're like, oh, <laughs> shit. They're like, wait, wait, why wasn't he in the reboot then? Like, that makes so much sense. Like, why Almost wouldn't you get every vacation back? movie has different children. Does it really? Yeah. That's and in the first two, crazy. like, this is, I believe, the third installation because there was National Lampoon's Vacation. There was mm-hmm. National Lampoon's European Vacation. And then the Christmas Vacation. Each one of those, I'm pretty sure, had different kids. And in the other ones, it was assumed that Russ was older than Aubrey. But in this one, Aubrey is very obviously older. So they just changed it around. They kept the parents, but everything else was just changed around. It's very clear that like continuity and making sure everything fits perfectly is not this movie's main objective. This is like can be its standalone movie. You don't need to see any of the other vacation films to understand this. Uh Uh-uh. And there's like just watching it, I was laughing the entire time through the movie. There's so many quotable lines in this. Did you recognize some of the lines when you were watching it you're like i've heard that before oh, yeah. like i've seen clips of this i've seen his rant i love the jesus christ holy shit hallelujah <laughs> Just the, like that at the end of his like rant at the end. I love that. It even just yeah. opens up with some great ones. Like when the parents are singing deck the halls with bounds up, they're like, take it, Russ. And he doesn't sing at all. And then the parents just go, la 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 la. Uh, I do have a question. Does each vacation film open with an animation? Or is it just this one? I don't know. Because when that started, I'm like, oh, little, okay. I'm like, like, I think that was a big thing kind of of that time to start a film off with a little animation. I thought that was really funny. Like a three minute little animation of Santa trying to deliver presents but just getting his ass kicked <laughs> around every corner. I thought that was pretty good. And then like, so the opening driving scene I thought was pretty good, but the moment that really got me is like they go off the ramp and they crash into the parking spot and then just the line made pretty good time. <laughs> <laughs> the way he said that, I just, I literally just started bursting out laughing. Cause like, you can ask Katie, that's just a thing that I always go for. Like, trying to make good time on the way back from Asheville from Thanksgiving, I got upset because we got hit so much traffic. Yeah. And, 
added like an extra three hours. And I'm like, we're not making good time. We are not <laughs> making any good time whatsoever. So you're saying you're Clark Griswold. Uh, I don't want to say that. There's some things about Clark that I like. He's kind of scummy. He's a little scummy. Yeah, he's not perfect. Well, no, like I, I get that he's not perfect. I'm not saying like anything. I'm mostly referring to him lying about being married or divorced. He's shopping for Christmas presents. He's talking to yes. the lingerie sales lady. And she's like, do you have a wife? He goes, yes, God rest her soul. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, oh, she's not dead. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. But he does then say she's, we're divorced. Yeah. It's just, I'm like, okay. And like, it was really weird as the scene before that is like one of his coworkers calls him the last true family man. Do they know, is that like the joke that the last true family man hits on women and also lies about being married? Like that's kind of fucked up, but okay. I mean, well, it's, it's kind of what you think of when you think of like businessy people, like in that day and age, business people being scumbags and like everything. Yeah, I guess I just didn't get it that way or didn't read it that way. It was just, I'm just like, okay, this feels weird. I think it was just, yeah, it's just something that kind of dated the film. It definitely, there's a lot of dated things in this movie. Right. Obviously it was made in 89, so. <laughs> right, yeah, that'll happen in my film too. Uh, but like, that only happens a couple times. It's not a huge issue. Like, I will say like him with his family, there are a couple moments that really make this family feel like a real family. Like, like when he's doing the lights and everything. Oh, yep. Yep. The first time he tries them. I was going to say, like, how sad were you when the lights didn't turn on? And like his mother-in-law is just like, what a waste of resources. And Aubrey's just right. like, I think it would look great or whatever she says. You're right. And her, his parents comfort him and his like kids kind of comfort him. And you're like, oh, they, there you go. But I will say, why in God's name are you just using a stapler to fucking staple lights <laughs> or to, to like attach lights to your... That just seems like... The, was that just the thing that people did? I don't know. We never sta- put lights up in my house. I've put lights up, but like like we've attached hooks or something to like the outside. Or I, I guess I don't know. Do people just staple? That just seems very dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it was dangerous. He fell off the roof. He broke the gutter and the ice went into the neighbor's right. house. <laughs> the, speaking of, okay, let's talk about them for a second. What Todd and Margot. <laughs> They're so great. It's just like a great contrast. I feel so bad for them, though. Yeah, you feel bad for them, but they're also, like, assholes. Yeah, they seem kind of assholes, but at the same time, they're kind of being terrorized by this neighbor. I mean, it's mostly annoying, but, like, I do love, like, the the icicle that goes flying through the window and they're like, <laughs> something had to break it. And why the <laughs> fuck is the carpet wet? I don't know, Margo. Oh, <laughs> uh, like, that's great. <laughs> and when they get the Christmas tree home and he comes out with the chainsaw and everything and they're like where are you gonna put that and he's like turn around and bend over and I'll show you he's like you can't talk to me that way he's like I wasn't talking to you (laughs) yeah that was great then when he cuts down just the tree that's outside and it falls through their window (laughs) the lights that just blind them go off and on and like they're just getting blind and then in the dark and they can't see oh the best I think though was when Julia Lewis Dreyfus is gonna be like knock on the door and when he answers it punch him in the face he's like I won't do that she's like fine I will and walks over to him and it just so happened that in the Griswold house there happened to be a squirrel being chased by the dog yeah and so when Julia Louis-Dreyfus opens the door first the squirrel comes and fucks her up and then the dog comes (laughs) (laughs) and before Clark can even react he just closes the door on him I don't even know know if he saw her there but maybe he did and just like nah I don't want to deal with it which I will say though I think the family overreacted to the squirrel oh 100% I mean so much stuff went wrong like that got to the point in the movie where the lights turned on and you finally got everyone out there and you're like oh Christmas is saved like he's gonna be good and then 
Eddie shows up. Cousin Eddie. What did you think of Eddie and his like whole family and everything? So first off, Katie and I were confused. Is he just like Clark's cousin or is he like, is he Clark's brother? He's not the brother. I'm not 100% sure. They keep calling him cousin. I'm sure I could easily find out by Googling it. But I for a little bit thought that the wife was like the sister of Clark's wife. Oh, that could make sense. That could make sense because like her mom was like talking to about the little kids, like Eddie's yeah. children and stuff. So I don't know, though. I don't know either. Doesn't matter. It's just some random family member that shows up unannounced that you don't want there. <laughs> yep. Already like cramped and then just takes over like everything. I will say, though, like don't hate on that dog. That dog was a sweet dog. Snot. He has a condition. You can't get mad at the dog. He's, he's a sweet dog. Yeah, it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault. Right. There was the other thing. Uh, When the dog starts drinking. Drinking out of the tree uh, bowl. I'm like, I know yeah. this is going to lead to the tree going up in flame. But also like, Clark, just let him drink from it and then just refill, refill it. it more yeah. often. It's not that complicated. Why does Clark want everyone to stay? Like after everything goes terribly wrong and they're all just like, well, let's just go get a hotel. We're just all like, it's fine. And he's like, no, no, you guys can stay. I'm just like, Clark, just let him go. Just reclaim your home for a moment, please. I know. Christmas Eve at the Griswold house was just great. <laughs> everything good that could happen happened happened the whole family gets there like the super old aunt and uncle get there and she wrapped her cat up as a present in the jello mold i feel so bad for her one of my favorite scenes from this entire movie is the sledding scene when they put the kitchen lubricant that Clark yeah. has been working at at work and he's like watch this and he just shoots off like a rocket I crack up every single time at that scene that scene actually didn't hit for me I think it was because it took off like a bullet because I knew obviously something was gonna happen and then that was also the first time in the film that it was like super crazy like unrealistic and then before Christmas got there when Clark has the conversation with the niece Eddie's daughter about oh, not yeah. having Christmas Christmas and but like she's just she's cursing and everything and she was like you're shitting bricks and he's like don't use that word she goes oh I'm sorry you're shitting rocks <laughs> that was great but I will say that was also a really like sweet scene it was and a it really did, like, sweet bit it like also brings up an issue of like when you say like Santa brings like only good kids presents yeah and then like richer kids get like iPads and stuff and poor kids either get like nothing or like very basic stuff poor kids might start to think like was I not good enough or what's wrong with me so like I like how that it kind of somewhat like brought that up i'm like that's kind of cool there are a lot of moments like between clark and like his kids and stuff that i'm like like this guy is a good dad and he's just he's trying too hard but he's just trying to like give them what he had or what he's always wanted yeah what he grew up with and you see that in the attic scene where he's stuck up there and watches the christmas movies that's what that means i have a note that says why sit on the door and it's sitting on the attic door like why would you set up sitting on the attic door you know where that is (laughs) i like how like when you falls through he only goes through like a two inches just yeah. down to the bunk bed below. <laughs> and then he uses that to heat up his hands <laughs> yeah so he's, that was great oh they killed the cat they yeah just, that's, they just up that and was a that really cat. fucked up part i felt so bad at that part i was like oh i forgot about that not that like i don't want to say like you couldn't make this film today because i hate that when people say that but like you couldn't have that gag yeah i don't think that gag would like land as well or unless it was like a really dark comedy where like stuff was that was happening all the time mm-hmm. and and then you're not going to get a wide audience for that. But like, they just haven't killed the cat. I knew they wouldn't kill the dog, though. You can't ever kill a dog. You you could kill a cat in a Christmas movie, but never a dog. 
All right, yeah, let's get to the grand finale of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So Clark gets his bonus in the mail, like a guy brings it on Christmas Eve, and he thinks it's like a check. And it turns out that the boss cut bonuses and instead sent him a 12-month membership to a jam of the month, which Eddie said is the gift that keeps on giving. And so Clark yep. obviously goes off. He's like, I want someone to bring that guy here right now so I can tell him and like what goes off on his huge rant. And so Eddie takes that as like, oh, that's what he wants for Christmas. I'm going to go kidnap his boss and bring him here. And that's exactly what he does. Which I don't know how Eddie figures out who Clark's boss is, where Clark's boss lives, especially in the age before the internet. Oh, I know. Like, how, how do you figure that out? You could probably do that today. It probably wouldn't be too terrible hard but like 30 plus years ago mm, <laughs> I don't think so so he kidnaps the boss and brings him in and the boss feels like really regretful and he's like you know what I'll give you a bonus add 20% to last year's and Clark just like right. faints and so it's you think that's like oh it's a happy ending well no the boss's wife calls the cops obviously and the SWAT yeah. team finds the house and just completely breaks in and what were your thoughts when like the SWAT team came in and everyone had to react to that I thought it was great I thought that the boss also froze yeah and they're all just like they all just like literally froze in the same position and i'm like yeah this is the appropriate spot for when like a millionaire goes missing like that that makes sense if clark got kidnapped they'd send like five guys in yep. there to get him they're like freeze don't move and clark is like okay and they're like we said don't move he's like can i blink <laughs> <laughs> He's just so pissed off at that point. He doesn't fucking care. Yeah. Everything is just off the rails. I will say, I do think that's the most unrealistic thing that the boss would just be like, yeah, no, my bad. That was a shitty thing of me to do. Here's your bonus back. I know. They wanted to end the Christmas movie on like a happy ending. I mean, it worked. Like, even though it's unrealistic, it's still like, oh, you get the happy ending, like normal Christmas movies. Everything wrapped up pretty nicely. They go outside. Eddie, earlier in the film, emptied his toilet sewage into the sewers which is illegal and at one point the uncle goes and lights a cigar and throws his match on the ground and ignites the fumes coming from the sewer plant and the lawn decoration of the Santa Claus just goes up and the kids are like look it's Santa and they start singing the Star Spangled Banner well that's because the crazy because the, the crazy aunt said the Pledge yeah. of Allegiance at dinner as Grace it just all went along with the Star Spangled Ben. I thought that was very clever. I was I was not expecting that. Either one of them? Like you weren't expecting the Pledge of Allegiance at dinner or the Star Spangled Banner? No, I was just not expecting for the movie to end that way with an explosion <laughs> and Star Spangled Banner. I will say, I thought the uncle was going to be dead. Like, oh, they killed the cat and then they killed the uncle. He, I mean, he's old enough. It'd be funny, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> they weren't that bad in the 80s. Who would you suggest this kind of movie to, this Christmassy movie to? Christmas lovers. Because I will say, this has a very good feeling of Christmas throughout. Like, it really makes you feel like that family Christmas. Stuff's going wrong. You have, like, the parents and the grandparents falling asleep on the couches you've got them trying to get the tree it's a very american christmas movie yes i would agree i think you need to have some nostalgia towards this yes Maybe. absolutely i think that really helps i think if you watch this as a kid or you 
like parents showed this to you as a kid kind of thing. I think that's going to help a lot. But yeah, I agree. I don't think it would play well for people not from America. I don't think they would get the comedy and the references and everything. So I feel like you would have to be American to really enjoy this movie. Yeah. All right. Before I get to the guesses again, uh, I just got to say this conversation over this movie is just everywhere. And I love it that there's like no story you really have to follow to understand this movie. There's no like really hard consequences for anything that happens. It's just a movie you watch to be in the Christmas spirit. Yeah, it's almost like a quintessential Christmas movie where it's one you put on, it can be in the background, you just look up for it for the certain scenes, maybe your favorite scenes. Yep, you know the lines, you don't even have to be watching it and you can laugh when you just hear it because you know what's going on. Well, you can because it was the first time you saw it, which I was honestly shocked that you hadn't seen this movie before. So let's get back to my guesses. For objective competence, I guessed a B minus. I gave it a B plus for like a 80s comedy. I feel like this is really well made. Like, besides for, like, the sled scene, yeah, some of the effects on that were kind of a little wonky. But, like, everything else, like, all the, like, destruction was all, like, physical stuff. Because it had to be. So I really appreciate that. And I think there's a lot of good comedy here. If it wasn't all for me, I think it worked. Um, yeah, so B+. Personal enjoyment, I guessed an 8 out of 10. A little too high. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I enjoyed this film. I laughed really hard a couple times, a couple chuckles here and there. But there are a couple moments where I'm just like, okay, how long is... Okay, let's be it up okay why, why are you doing that why are you doing that why are you doing that that kind of thing where you're just like yelling at the characters like this just doesn't make sense why would you do this so six out of ten and rewatchability i guessed a four out of five that this will be like something you put on every christmas just as a background movie or to actually sit down and watch it with your family and i gave it a three out of five i probably won't it won't be an every year thing i'll probably go back to it every so often i'll definitely won't knock it down if someone wants to watch it three out of five Well, nice. That's off by five. Boom. Boom. All right. Nice. Means we're on to my movie. The real Christmas movie. The real quintessential Christmas movie. So before I get into some information, let us do some guesses. So for objective competence, I'm going to guess Jamie gave this a B plus. For personal enjoyment, I'm going to guess that she gave it a 7 out of 10. And for rewatchability, I'm going to guess a 3 out of 5. So, directed by John McTiernan and starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia, Reginald Val Johnson, this next name is kind of difficult, Devereaux White, and Alexander Gudinov, based on the 1979 novel Nothing Lasts Forever, Die Hard follows an NYPD officer that attempts to save his wife and her co-workers taken hostage by European terrorists during a Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Despite it being considered one of the greatest action and Christmas films, of all time, Die Hard received mixed reviews upon its initial 1988 release. Heavy criticism was aimed at the action, plot, and Willis's performance, while many praised McTiernan's direction and Rickman's charismatic portrayal of Hans Gruber. Eventually, Die Hard became the highest scoring action film of that year, while also receiving several Oscar nominations. This helped elevate Willis to leading man status and made Rickman a household celebrity. So, Jamie, you said you couldn't believe that I'd never seen Christmas Vacation. (laughs) I can't believe you've never seen Die Hard. Has no appeal to me. Do you just not like good action film? I don't like Bruce Willis, first of all. This is a very dude movie. Not big into dude action-y things. It's not a Christmas movie. It's 100% a Christmas movie. That's my first question. Um, Is this a Christmas movie? I don't think so. It doesn't have the elements of Christmas. It's just set during the holiday season. 
season. Set at a Christmas party with a estranged husband and wife coming back together, you know, for the holidays. And it's like about him realizing how important his family is. I thought he already realized that prior to the movie even starting. Right. He was. He But you saw that he was still not 100% there because they still had that argument in the beginning. And he even called Argyle and said, hey, I still don't know where we stand and if I'm staying over or not with her. So, like, stick it out. And good thing that happened because Argyle was essential in the end. No, okay, so I you don't, don't think, think it's, it's a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. It doesn't have the elements. Another point, it does end with Let It Snow. The film ends with Let It Snow. That's a, it's a Christmas movie. The fur release was played when the vault was opening. It uses Christmas music in the soundtrack. It's set during a Christmas party. How is it not a Christmas? If he was like an L.A. officer and, and this was in New York and there was snow on the ground, there'd be no question that this was a Christmas film. Everyone would say it's a Christmas film. But because it's in L.A., people give a shit. I don't think that's why people give it's a shit i was gonna just say people give it shit trying to say it's a christmas film most people don't give die hard shit it's a really good film and a lot of people like it so i'm already gauging that you didn't really love this film yeah it was one of those things where i was watching it and i had to make myself continue watching it like at what point did you just feel like no this is just not when bruce willis came on screen the very first time I just don't like Bruce Willis <laughs> at all. You completely gave up on a film because of the main star. Because you just don't like the dude. Kind of. I just don't like him. And then just, I'm not a big action-y movie kind of person. So the violence and the amount of people dying, I was like, But it was great 80s stylized violence. Like each gunshot, it's not just like going through people it's like exploding them a little bit like their knees are getting shattered people are like falling down elevator sh- it's you know come on people getting hanged coming back to life yeah the zombie thing was weird that was a weird element that was unrealistic i don't think he was supposed I to be know, a zombie but he was okay. definitely hanging dead there well he was hanging you're not necessarily dead he could have just passed out it's not like he dropped in the next snap mm. i mean i think it's pretty like for action movie standards especially like Look at today's action movies, what people survive. I don't know. I just expected John to be cooler, I guess, because I've heard so much about this movie. It's referenced everywhere. I just expected him to actually be like a cool guy instead of just being what he was. (laughs) So I think you were expecting more like the early 80s action films, I feel like, where it's like the Schwarzenegger and the Stallone, where they're just like huge ripped dudes that like can't do anything wrong, like never get shot, saying the cool one-liners doing everything right kind of thing and this was kind of like a change of that where like bruce willis he's not this big hulking dude he's just an everyman he's just a cop in the wrong place at the wrong time and he had to do what he thought he could because he thought it was his duty yeah, duty you know and really jamie <laughs> during the christmas <laughs> episode la, 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 la. <laughs> so okay well let's see if we can try to talk about something you yeah, like yeah i have things that I did like. Was one of them Mr. Alan Rickman uh, as Hans Gruber? 100%. Yes. Okay. The floor is yours. Talk about okay. Hans. Okay. So I saw him and at first I thought it was him. I was like, is that Alan Rickman? And then I was like, no, that's not Alan Rickman. Uh, that's weird hair. That's not Alan Rickman hair. And then I was like, oh wait, yeah, that's totally Alan Rickman. And then I was confused about his accent. I was like, he sounds British like most of the time. He just sounds like Alan Rickman's accent. And then sometimes he sounds German. And I'm like, very confused. And later find out that he actually is German. 
German. And then when he was like pretending to be that American guy who was also in the building stuck, <laughs> I was like, that guy looks a lot like Alan Rickman. <laughs> I was confused. Did you forget that it was Alan Rickman? I must have wait, missed so, something wait. because he was there and was talking in an American accent. I was like, they got someone who looked just like Alan Rickman to play that guy. He was so convincing that he convinced you that Hans convinced you that he wasn't Hans. That's how fucking good Alan Rickman was. He was so you good. You forgot for one second. You dropped your guard for one second. You would have been shot in the back. <gasps> If you were John McClane in that mean, situation, you'd be like, oh, this twin, And I was like, that's a cool plot twist I didn't see coming. Maybe like Hans oh. has an, a twin in America that he's also trying to find in this building or something. I was like, cool plot twist. And I was like, nope, that's still Alan Rickman. That's just Hans. Well, he does have a brother who comes back in the third film. Oh, God. Played by Alan Rickman. Jeremy Irons. Oh, no. It needed to be Alan Rickman. What did you think about Carl, the blonde-headed henchman whose brother was the first henchman killed? So the one who was like, had a vendetta for John. Yeah. Um, he was just, had like no character. He was just at the point where you really know who he is when like his brother dies. All he is, is focused on killing John McClane and like had no character. Wasn't that interesting. Honestly, it didn't really make a big impact on me. That dude didn't. Okay. What characters did make a big impact on you? Which ones really stuck out to you either in a good or bad way? The bad way was the Coke guy. Yeah. I didn't, no one likes him really. His name was Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, the coworker who was, yeah, who was doing coke in holly's office i wasn't sad when he died i was actually happy i was like this dude's an idiot let's get him out of here yelling at him to shut up during that scene someone else who stuck out to me were the fbi agents only because of the one joke that happened where they were like agent johnson special agent johnson no relation (laughs) that cracked me up so much i don't feel bad when they die because like they're just going literally everything like they don't take anything into consideration they just go 100 by the book and then they're like fuck it let's take in some helicopters and go hoorah on this shit and he's literally like this feels like saigon he's like i was in junior high you dick (laughs) you know who they reminded me of who from the very first scene of the other guys the samuel l jackson and the rock yes They're like a slightly toned down version of them. I I completely agree. (laughs) Like if they remade this Die Hard, that's who would have to play those guys. That would be great. It'd be so funny. No, and they should change it because it should be like The Rock should be Agent Jackson and then Samuel L. Jackson should be Agent Johnson. You'd be like, ah, 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 I see what you did there. All right. What did you think of Al Powell, the um, officer who... Uh, the guy who's typecast know. as a cop. Yeah, Reginald yeah. Val Johnson, Carl Winslow. What did you think of him character? He was probably my favorite character in the movie, honestly, even though like he's a cop and he shot a kid. I shot a kid. <laughs> Sorry, that line gets me. It makes me laugh at this <laughs> point. Just the way he says it, I shot a kid. Like, there's part of me that was thinking this time I watched it. I'm like, should he even be on the force yeah, at this point? No. Like, he accidentally shot a kid. Like, <laughs> that's not great. Yeah. Minus that, which is a big fault in who he is. Minus that. Right. He was my favorite character just because he was just talking a lot. He was progressing the story, basically. Right. He was just there to kind of like somewhat be like the narrator for John as well as like moral support for him. And then the fact that the cops didn't even trust the cops like the police chief. He didn't trust the other cops there. And then but you see like when the Johnsons come (laughs) in, he starts to trust Powell a little bit more because like he's no longer in control. So he just he finds camaraderie there. And I will say, I think this is the first time or like the first time it made it really popular where it's um, who's in charge here 
I am. Not anymore. You're not. <laughs> the one, that line, or it's, I think it's just I'm in charge here. And he's like, not anymore. That's like me saying the line of round of the usual suspects is a good yeah, line right. from Casablanca. There is some very quotable lines oh, in this. Yeah. The now I have a machine gun. That's great. I know it's not a line, yeah. but it's there. The yippee kaye motherfucker. That's the one I was listening for. And it came at a weird part where I wasn't expecting it to be there. You think it's at the end. Not even then. I just it's... thought it would be at a more dramatic, like intense moment. To me, that's when like the shit really starts because that's when like Hans and John first start talking they first kind of build their quote unquote kind of chemistry that they kind of have or as adversaries and I like he, he calls him a cowboy he's like you're a cowboy who's seen too many movies and they kind of the Rambo and this and that and he's like yippee-ki-yay motherfucker just like yeah I am like fuck it let's go coming for you i love it were you surprised that they weren't actually terrorists that they're just really high class robbers? it was as if oceans 13 <laughs> like they were just evil <laughs> oceans were- 13 it's Ocean's very 11. similar to that. 11. Like, if they didn't kill people, they would be seen as the good guys in an ocean spill. That's very true. <laughs> like, they're just stealing money from like a huge multinational like corporation. That, like they said, like it's just a couple days for you guys. Like, you'll be back with nothing. Like, who yeah. cares? It seriously was just Ocean's it's 11. True. Were there any action scenes that you did like that like created suspense that like you felt like he was in real danger? Because I will say that's something that I really like about this film is that he gets hurt. You see him get like one, he just gets more bloodied and beaten. And that completely white tank top that he was wearing at the beginning of the film is just bloodied and dirtied and disgusting by the end of it. And you see him go through so much like the glass, like all that with the bare feet, mm. that just everything. Was there anything? kind of did it for you like any other action that kind of like created some suspense some thrill what about like when he's on the roof and the, they're coming and the two that probably Johnsons is it where he's like the using the hose to like swing into the thing yeah that not the swinging in but when he gets in there and then that starts to fall that was suspenseful for me i was like i know he lives like there's multiple diehards so i wasn't like worried about right. him dying i was just like oh god that's terrifying <laughs> but, i don't know there's just so much about this movie that i love I don't know, it's just such a good action it's I'll such agree. an 80s it's action a good film good action film i just don't like action films and i don't like bruce willis i don't think he's a good actor uh, okay come on he's a no he's not a great actor but he's a decent actor the scene where he's like on the radio with Howell and he's just like, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Can you just tell my wife? I know she's heard I love you a thousand times. Can you just tell her I'm sorry? She's never heard me say I'm sorry. Like that moment did nothing for like doesn't hit you a little bit. Like that's like the moment where it's like it's all crashing down on him when he's just like, what was I thinking? Like, why wasn't I a good husband? I mean, yeah, I was emotional, but at the same time, I knew he was going to live. Yeah. If I had seen it like without knowing that there's other movies or seen it when it came out when I was negative four years old, then yeah, maybe I'd be like, oh God, is he going to make it out? Is he going to live? Is he going to die? But I knew he was going to live, so it wasn't emotional. The only scene where I thought like, oh, this is like good acting was the bathroom scene between the McLeans at the very beginning. I thought that was actually a good scene, like their fight, their conversation there. I thought that was actually good. I think that really, like that scene that perfectly sets up their relationship, like where they are in the relationship right now. Like, they both kind of want to be back together, but John's just kind of being a stubborn asshole and just can't see for his wife's success. Which I will say, I 
hated. Like, I get that it was alluded to when he was on the plane. The guy told him to take his socks off on carpet. But why? Why would John do that in a carpeted bathroom of all places? And why was he getting undressed at his estranged wife's Christmas party? I don't think he was actually getting undressed. He didn't have a I shirt on. He was, more... had his undershirt. He I took his th- shoes Yeah, but I think that was just a more <laughs> common thing back then of like you get somewhere from especially after like a plane ride like you take your shirt off you probably like wash under your armpits wash your face refresh a little bit put your shirt back i don't know it seemed really weird that he would just at his wife's christmas party in a colleague's carpeted bathroom all right last thing i want to bring up final scene the death scene did you know what he was gonna do do you know did you know of the reference of like the gun taped on his back or I mean, I got it. When he looked at the the, the tape, tape, I was like, okay, yeah. he's going to use that to hide the gun. I understood that was what was going to happen. <laughs> they made it pretty clear. All right, and what did you think of the final drop of Alan the Rickman? The slow death scene was such a beautiful send-off for Alan Rickman. That's the classic death scenes that, like, when they're slow and, like, super dramatic, even for a bad guy, like, oh, I loved it. Right. And the best part about that is a little fun fact is that when they were filming that, they told Alan Rickman, like, hey, okay, we're going to drop you on three just so you're ready. So, you know, kind of what face you kind of want to make and stuff. And he's like, okay, cool. So, yeah, start bringing the gun up, you know, right away. And then like on three, we'll drop. He's like, yep. He starts bringing up the gun and like one, two and on two, they drop him. Like and the director did that on purpose because they wanted to see a look of surprise in his face. And you actually like see like that's just Alan Rickman being like, oh, God, wait, no, (laughs) like I wasn't supposed to fall yet. It's like not, he's technically not even acting there. And then I think it's a really dark line, but I do love it. It's the police chief who's like, oh God, I hope that's not a hostage. Oh God. As Alan Rickman falls. Yeah, that was gross that yeah. you like heard him land. Oh, you heard a splat. You heard a Yeah. Pop. That was nasty. Yeah. And then the final touch at the end. I will say it was kind of emotional this time to watch John and Powell hug it out. Like, I forgot how much that scene, like, just really works. It's like, it's the first time them meeting. They don't even have to say anything. They look at each other, give them a little nod, and they know. They know, like, that's the man that's been helping me out all night. That's the man that saved my life. Yeah, like, screw the reunion of John and his wife. I didn't care about that. Him meeting the cop. That was right. the best like, bit. That was the ending that we all wanted. And then Powell, you know, he gets his redemption by being able to shoot. Carl finally being able to get over his shooting a kid. Uh, That's terrible. Hey, now that you've watched this film, now you will can like go back and watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and then you'll kind of understand all of his uh, diehard references. Yeah, true. You'll get them more. So there you go. Nice. So one good thing came out of watching this movie. (laughs) Yeah, my guesses might not be the best. So for objective confidence, I said a B plus. I gave it a B minus. Again, didn't think the acting was fantastic, but was it special effects? The stunts were good. I guess it was special effects explosions and stuff but none of it really looks fake i will say like there's no point like it does look like a dated film just because it is when dated it was filmed. yeah right but none of it looks fake like none of the action looks fake or anything it all looks like it's really happening cool okay off by two there personal enjoyment i think this might uh, screw me over i gave it a seven out of ten i gave it a five like it's okay. not the best but it's not the worst you just nothing yeah, it. it's just Eh. So I'm off by two. And so for rewatchability, I guess the three out of five. I'm not feeling that so much anymore. What'd you give it? I gave it a two. I wouldn't tell someone to turn it off if we were watching it. I believe that means we tied. Did it? Because if it was a B minus and to a B plus, that's two. Seven to five, two. Three to two, one, five. And you also had five. I was off by five. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. We tied. No one wins. We both win. It's a Christmas miracle. 
miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. We both <laughs> win, everyone. Fa la 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 la. Go us. Tie. In the last episode of the season. What a way to go Damn. out. But we're not done yet. We still have our mini segment. Let's get into that. So to do a fun little mini segment for our very last episode, our Christmas special, we are doing a recasting of a Christmas classic that we both, I think we both like. I like it. I really like it. I don't like Tim Allen, I will say. <laughs> yeah, agreed. I, I do enjoy, like, it's it's a it's a Christmas classic, yeah, I feel the like. The Santa Claus, starring Tim the Allen. Santa Claus. So we're just going to be recasting the five main people. So the names are Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus. Charlie Calvin is his son. Then you have his ex-wife, Laura, her new husband, Neil, and then you have Bernard the head out. So I have two for each one. I have like two different ways this remake could go. I really have one. I thought of them and I was like, oh yeah, that would be good. That would be good too. Oh, that movie could go this way. Okay. So new husband. I actually only have one for this. I feel like he could work for both of the films. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. <laughs> With the oh. sweaters. With the sweaters. And just a genuinely just kind of nice guy who's just trying to help. Yep. That's all he's trying to do. He's just trying to be a good guy. He's just kind of the cheesy kind of dude. You can see a Chris Evans there. That would really work. So my pick is who I also want to direct this film. I know you don't have to pick a director, but I think the stepdad could be played by Taika Waititi. Oh, yeah. And you give him a little more comedy. I think you generally keep that same as he's just kind of a fun, goofy guy. He's a little too realistic for the movie's sake, but like it worked. And the sweaters would look good. I think so. I think we both picked someone for sweaters. That's what (laughs) I was thinking. Like I was thinking of the sweaters he wears. Okay, so let's move on to the ex-wife. Who would you recast as the ex-wife? For the ex-wife, I wanted someone who was kind of like obviously caring, but also just not getting it. Like can be also be just really stern and like rigid too. So I went with Anne Hathaway. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like she could just give off a real good mom vibe. And especially as someone who like used to or could believe in like the magic of Christmas, but just has fallen out of it. I feel like Anne Hathaway could play that part perfectly. And I feel like Anne Hathaway and Taiki Watiri, I feel like that could be a fun couple together. (laughs) That's cute. So the two that I have, I have Rachel McAdams. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. Because like she's that. she's in like these movies where it's unbelievable things like the time traveler's wife. About time. About time. Again with time traveling. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Lots of time traveling for Rachel McAdams. But like, again, like you said with Anne Hathaway, I feel like she's very believable in these like magical, unbelievable things. Yeah. And then the other person I have is Zoe Saldana. I like that. It would be a smaller role because it is a smaller role. So it is. Zoe Saldana could be the mom, would be more like protective. Like someone who obviously like, I feel like Zoe Saldana, you, you could, whoops. Okay, Zoe Saldana. I was thinking Zoe Deschanel the whole oh, time. No. That's what I was picturing up in my <laughs> noggin. That's a very different person. So I was going to say Zoe Deschanel is a person like, I feel like she, how would she play someone who doesn't believe in Christmas? But Zoe Saldana, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I, I like that. I, okay. Yeah. yeah, cool. So now Bernard the head elf. Jamie, this is my, I think this is my favorite casting I have. This was the one I went to straight away. I'm like, boom, I know it. But who did you pick? So for the Rachel McAdams Santa Claus storyline, I have okay. Finn Wolfhard. There you go. Very similar vibes yeah. to like the Bernard of the first. A little yeah. young, but I feel like he fits the vibe. You could work yeah. with it. Yeah. And then for the Zoe Saldana remake of the movie, I have who Matt brought up and I was like, oh yeah, Pete Davidson. I feel like he could bring something really weird to the role. (laughs) 
I think that'd be funny. And like, you could just have an adult play that head elf and he could just be like the oldest elf yeah. and like super old elves don't get old. They just look like middle-aged normal people. <laughs> I think that'd be funny. I think he could bring some, oh, I like that. I like the Pete Davidson. <laughs> I like my choice better though, because my choice is little old, forever young Tom Holland. I feel like he could play the perfect head elf who's like, at both in control of everything, but also just super frantic at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like Tom Holland would be a great little guy running around. He could speak in his British accent. They could let yeah. just the kid talk for once. I think it'd be really great. I really like my Tom Holland. And I feel like he'll always kind of look, have that like forever lo- young yeah. look. So like sequels, we can keep them going. <laughs> we don't got to recast or anything. I think all three of those options are I like them all. doable. <laughs> all right. Who is next? kid charlie so for this one i asked derek before we did this i was like is it okay if we use people who were child actors and he was like yeah like Like, they're not not? children anymore it's just hard to find a current child actor so for the rachel mcadams finn wolfhard edition it's actually a child actor right now i have ian armitage which plays he's like young sheldon Oh, okay. Not in his young Sheldon role, because I've never watched him in that. I feel like I've seen him in something. I couldn't tell you what it is, though. But he's a little kid who could easily, like, really play up the believing in Santa and be a kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I have him for that side. Just a cute kid. For the Zoe Saldana, Pete Davidson side, I have Jaden Smith. But imagine him in like the pursuit of happiness, like a little kid. Like little, little kid. Maybe a little older than yeah, that, I think but still a little kid. More like Karate Kid Jaden Smith. Maybe kind younger of thing. than Karate Kid. So in between pursuit of <laughs> happiness and Karate Kid, nowhere near after Earth. <laughs> Exactly. Jaden Smith. I could see that. I could see a little Jaden Smith. Like he was super like, cute in the pursuit yeah. of happiness. So him pulling off like a really excited little kid with Christmas right. would be great. I agree. I think those are two great choices. Yeah. I like both of them. Um, I agree that this is one of the harder ones because yeah, child actors just don't know as well. But so because I want Taika Waititi directing this and, you know, why not bring in kids from another movie he's worked on? So I want Roman Griffin Davis was the main kid from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. I feel like around... Like, like, uh, he might be a bit too old now, but like a slightly like younger Rabbit version age of him. Or yeah. younger, yeah. Or the kid who played his best friend in that, Archie Yates. Oh, that'd be cute. Who's also just in the new Home Alone. I like that kid. Like, either of them, I think, could play a really good Charlie. Just like, you know, kid who's disappointed in his dad, but wants to give him a chance. And then just like awe-inspired by what they see. Kind of and like just unrelenting belief in Christmas yeah. kind of thing. I feel like any little kid could do this. Yeah, I think we put a little too much thought. And there was a point where I just thought like wanted to put any kid. <laughs> Just get a child actor. They don't need to be great. Okay, I think that brings us to the big guy, the head honcho. Got SC. They go SC. This is the one I have two for. So for one, I think really works. I, I don't know. I feel like this could be a really fun way to go, but it's Adam Driver. You're not seeing, your face is not agreeing with I that. I think like, I just want to see like Santa Claus yelling at some ants as Adam Driver, at ants, some elves or ants, whatever. Fuck you, ants. Uh, but <laughs> I can't see that. I just think it would be so funny. I want someone who can kind of be like dickish, you know, as like the boss, as like the workaholic in the beginning, who's like standoffish to his kids, but then like grows and becomes more sad. Like you see kind of like, think of like marriage story, Adam Driver, you know? Yes what i'm thinking of yeah <laughs> not kylo ren but adam like driver that, but he becomes santa claus <laughs> you can see it all you, right give you've me, give chosen me one of yours. adam driver for this for the recast of the movie about us for forrest gump 
What can I say? <laughs> Love me some Adam Driver. Adam Driver needs to be more shit. That's all I'm saying. I really like Adam Driver. Okay. I like who I like. So for the Rachel McAdams, mm-hmm. Ian Armitage, Finn Wolfhard, Chris Evans storyline, who I have for right. Santa in that role is Jason Sudeikis. Okay. He could pull off the comedy and the seriousness and the businessy and the like try not to believe it through that entire year. And I feel like he could really pull off that role really well. He's the right age, too. Yeah. The only thing is sometimes Jason Sudeikis is a little too Jason Sudeikis for me. Does that make any sense? Sometimes, but I feel like Tim Allen was really Tim Allen-y in this movie. Oh, I agree. And I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm just like, always a risk. Okay. But who is your second choice? So for my Zoe Saldana, Chris Evans, Pete Davidson, and Jaden Smith, I have to play in Santa Claus for that movie, Keenan Thompson. I think oh. Keenan Thompson would be such a good Santa. I think he could be a really good Santa. Like, he needs to be in more things. Keenan Thompson is like one of my favorite I, SNL people. I'm not sure if he has. It doesn't need much dramatic chops no. for this role. But you do need some. And I'm not sure if I've ever seen that from him. I, like, I'm not sure. Maybe he has shown it in a film or something. But like, that's only my word. But I think he could really pull off that. Like not wanting to believe in it. Yeah. That transition, I think, really worked. That's kind of where I went. I also went with a really big comedian for my second choice and that was Kumal Nanjiani. I think I've used him a couple times too. I, again, love the dude. <laughs> Watched him in Eternals recently. I thought he was great in that and I think he could really work as just this like still fun but like still like like a way more fun and upbeat but still super workaholic kind of yeah. dad. Oh, I have one more casting. A surprise casting. For? Santa Claus. The Santa Claus that dies at the beginning of the film. Tim <laughs> Allen. Exactly. That should have hunted percent be Tim Allen when the person when he startles him he should be like and then like slip and fall and die I think that'd be hilarious it kind of make this like a sequel to it and it's like it's a cycle that just keeps happening (laughs) I think that'd be fun that'd be cute all right I think that means it's time for some Merry Mini games. See, you don't even have to put music in this week, Jamie. We got I'm definitely putting music over that. Nah, you're good. All right, since I went first, you do your mini game, which we haven't even talked about what mini games we're doing. Mine's very festive. My mini game is bad movie reviews. So I don't think we've played this in a while. I have three movies, four reviews each, and Jamie's going to pick a number one through four. I'll read the corresponding review, and she's going to try to guess what the movie is. So Jamie, one, two, three, four. Are they all Christmas movies? They are all Christmas movies, yes. I'll tell you this. I picked a classic, a modern classic, and then just a modern Christmas film. Okay, let's go with four. What is it? Four hens a hatching? I don't know. That would be a good thing. Three to know. turtle four, doves. Five golden rings. Four French four hens. French. Yep. Yeah, I knew it was hens. <laughs> four French Three hens. Three turtle doves. No, wait. Five golden rings. Is it four French hens? Three turtle doves. Two something something. And a partridge. In... Either way. Okay, here's the review. By Marcus Baker. Two and a half stars. Why did no one warn me that this movie was actually bug nuts insane? They literally put Santa Claus on trial, for goodness sake. A child gets mad because Santa won't buy them a house. In between long stretches where things are far less interesting, there's stretches where it blew my mind anyone thought this was a good idea to put on screen. 
What? <gasps> what? It's four calling birds, by the way. Ah, uh, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. That's where I was fucking up. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna get that from that review. All right, what's another one? Do a partridge. One partridge in a pear tree. This comes from Radican. One and a half stars. So far, I don't agree with these reviews, but may New York be protected from this hazard Santa Claus? So Santa is bad. Is it bad Santa? <laughs> it's not. All right. Two or three. Um, Three French hens. This one's really mean because it doesn't give you any information. Ah! It's by Mathis. Three stars. It says this Christmas movie exists. That's how I saw that review. <laughs> just like this is such a bad movie review. This isn't even a review. This is just a statement that this movie is here. Okay. From Zara. Four stars. If Santa Claus is real, then I believe that the Grinches must be real. And I believe in him. These are some really bad reviews. <laughs> I'm trying to go on the Santa, like a kid trying to get the Santa to buy a house for them. This is the classic Christmas film. Is it Miracle on 34th Street? It is Miracle on 34th Street. I've never actually seen that movie. Oh, one of my favorite Christmas films. Like the original one, not the one with the guy from Jurassic Park and Matilda, but the, the one from like the 50s. Such a good film. All right. Next one. Give me a number. Two turtle doves. And this one I have, yes, you have seen. Okay, yep. Die Hard. This from, (laughs) (laughs) no, that'd be funny. This comes from J. Will, one star. Imagine devoting the next 50 years of your life to personally loathing everyone in your hometown because you got roasted in front of your second grade crush when you were eight. The Grinch who stole Christmas (laughs) with Jim Carrey. That's my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Yep. I love that yeah, so okay. much. What were the bad ones? Like, that gave it away. One of them was from Meg, four and a half stars. Don't watch this with me unless you want me to quote literally this entire That's movie. That's me, yeah. That one would have been hard. Nathan, one or half a star. I just rewatched this for an article posting. That is the worst film ever made. It sure is utter garbage. Ron Howard should be ashamed of himself. Unacceptable. You'd probably get that one if you know that Ron Howard. And this one I think you'd get. I think this is funny because it's from Jaylene. Four stars. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Oh, entirely. entirely. I think that, yeah, that would have given it away. <laughs> That's the best Christmas right, movie. last one, one through four. Let's start off with a partridge in a pear tree. Awesome. This is my favorite one. Ayo Edibiri, zero stars. We don't deserve the vaccine. That, that's the review of this film. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> we don't deserve. Th- so I'm guessing this is the modern one. Yes. All right. Two, three, or four. Well, we started with a partridge in a pear tree. Let's do two turtle doves. All right. From Ellie, three stars. We made a bot watch a thousand hours of Princess Diaries, The Parent Trap, The Holiday, The Lizzie McGuire movie, and The Great British Bake Off, and then had it write its own screenplay, the movie. The Princess Switch? Yeah. Yeah, there's like three of those. The Princess Diaries gave it away. Yeah, the third one came out this year. Here's someone who apparently really liked the film from Austin. Five stars. Vanessa, please go to a doctor and have them check your back. I'm pretty sure you might have some issues from carrying this whole film. It's not a 
terrible. It's like a Hallmark movie, but on Netflix. So it's a little bit better than a Hallmark movie. All right. Well, that concludes my minigame. That means it's on to time. On to time. On to time. On to time. Uh, that means it's the time for Jamie's minigame. Jamie, what do you have in store for us? So I have a Christmas variation of this game. This is called, I'm going to assume it's the same rules, but I've called it Nice List, Naughty List, and Cole. Is that like fuck, marry, Mary, kill? fuck, kill. Nice List is Mary. Naughty yes. List is fuck. And Cole oh, oh, is oh, kill. I get it. Naughty, Naughty List. list. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Okay. So I took it from your movie, my movie, and the mini segment movie. All right. So number one, Nice List, Naughty List, Cole. Eddie, the Coke guy, Ellis, or the new husband in the Santa Claus movies. Okay, so nice list is going to be Neil from the Santa Claus. Seems like a genuinely nice dude. Naughty is going to be Ellis. Seems like he gets pretty naughty. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, we can have some naughty fun. And then I guess Cole goes to Eddie. (laughs) Probably needs it, though. See, I am doing it the Christmas version, but I'm also picturing you just killing Eddie. (laughs) <laughs> and fucking Alice. And fucking Alice, yeah. Yep. All right, second one. Clark Griswold, John McClane, and Scott Calvin. Okay. Does Scott Calvin become Santa Claus? Like, are we going under the like thing that he will become Santa Claus? Yeah. Okay. Like the movie, Scott Calvin. Cool. So, he's going to be on the nice list slash marry him because... Yeah, I want to hook up with that. Yeah, like, why don't Santa. that seems like the best life ever? Just chill in the North Pole. Cool. And then I think I'm going to have the naughty list is going to be John McClane because he gets naughty <laughs> and he does some killing. It's naughty, but he does what has to be done. And I guess Cole goes to Clark. I'm sorry for the characters in the Christmas I vacation. Know. They're all getting uh, killed or cold. <laughs> What's the last one? The last one. Curious. Nice list. Naughty list or Cole, Santa Claus, Frosty the Snowman, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? <laughs> All right, let's get this right off the back. I'm not fucking no Just snowman. Just imagine you're you're the acclamation character in that world, in that universe. <laughs> It's not bestiality if you fuck Rudolph, right? We're just can we can we just get that off the table, like right? What if you're a reindeer in this world? Then is it bestiality if I fuck Santa? Say you're the same creature as each of them. Okay. Yeah, okay. you're a human, you know what? a snow person, and a reindeer. I'm gonna say <laughs> again. You got nice list of Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, I just I don't want to fuck a snowman. <laughs> Why? I don't want to stick my dick in snow. <laughs> everybody <laughs> yeah happy holidays Derek doesn't want to Derek's dick, not stick dreaming of a white Christmas if you know what I mean <laughs> uh no not not this year not with this not with these guys but I guess I'm fucking Rudolph and I'm killing the snowman or naughty listing Rudolph and calling the snowman I'm gonna light coals under the snowman and kill you're just him. gonna take the hat off of frosty <laughs> Melt him. oh it's frosty so yeah I can just Take the hat off. Can I, like, is Frosty in the hat? Can I put Frosty on, like, a sex doll? And, like, is that Frosty still? You can't make a sex doll come to life because of the hat. <laughs> there must have been some ma- magic in that old hat. Sick hat they found. Because <laughs> when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you want... So it's, like, Frosty contained in the hat. <laughs> See, what if you put that hat on a sex doll, I'm just imagining something terrifying, like, in It. You don't know. Nothing sexy. We don't know. 
Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> All right. But yes, Santa Claus, ma- nice list. Oh. Rudolph, naughty list. God. Cole for Mr. Frosty. <laughs> I think I think that's our show, everyone. <laughs> Let's end it off on there. I don't think we need to go I, any further. I don't think that was... <laughs> It's a great way to end this holiday-themed episode with some of that. Uh, maybe we should have done her game first. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Hindsight's twenty twenty. All right. Yes, but that is our show. Oh, my cheeks hurt from smiling too much and laughing. Uh, this episode, we reviewed some amazing Christmas films like Die Hard and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And we like to end each of our shows with one of us reading You're a review. To say the final score has been tallied and... Oh my god, I didn't yeah, skip it. It says right there, reminder of winner. And I didn't do that. Because there was no winner anyone. I couldn't remind you of the winner. We both won. Yeah, we both won. Or both lost. However, it's you Christmas. View tying. Let's keep it. Let's say we both jolly. won. Let's say it's Derek won and Jamie lost. This Christmas. Christmas. I don't think you heard I, me. I, I heard I just you. Said no, there. we tied. Oh dang it. I'm just gonna leave that for the edit. We're both ball. Christmas is canceled because <laughs> we tied. No Christmas for anyone. All right. But like I said, we do like to end our shows with one of us reading a review. This week, one of my aunts, family friend aunt, Rosemary, said, Us two have great radio chemistry. Jamie reminds me of Kitty O'Neill, personality on KFBK in Sacramento. You both. Okay. Well, I just read you both off each other well. I think it's also you both work off each other well. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah, when you hear this, Rosemary, that's, uh, I think you meant to say both work off each other well, not both off each other well. Exclamation point, by the way. That's good. No, I want Cole. Oh, and also, sounding like Kitty O'Neill is a good thing. I don't know who Kitty O'Neill is, but apparently you sound like Hi, her. I'm Kitty O'Neill. Welcome to I Know You. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did Kitty O'Neill just walk in the room? <laughs> You've never seen me and Kitty O'Neill in the same room before. I actually haven't. That's a very good point. I am Kitty O'Neill, everyone. That's the surprise ending to the season. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I know you with Derek and Kitty O'Neill. <laughs> oh, my mouth hurts So you guys again. leave us a review oh. wherever you listen to podcasts, even though we're not going to be posting for a little while. Just leave us a reviews, you know, get our encouragement out for season two. We're super excited to come back. And when we do come back, you'll definitely hear your review on the podcast. You can also write to us at our email at I know DJ podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at I know you pod Twitter and Facebook at I know you podcast or at Jamie's personal Instagram at Jamie Doro or at mine at Big Beacon Geek. Also, go check out Jamie's YouTube channel for her Vlogmas series right now. Each day, a new Christmas themed vlog, advent calendars, Christmas snacks. It's great. Go check it out. everyone. Aww to do that so nice i just uh, we're mentioning our personal Aww. stuff right here i thought i remembered to bring also it up look me up on kitty o'neill's instagram <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if kitty o'neill has an instagram oh god if not listen to me on whatever radio station derek said uh k-y-b-y k-f-b-y now i really want to know k-f-b-k 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 yeah listen to me on k-f-b-k <laughs> can hear jamie every morning doing the traffic report on k-f-b-k <laughs> <laughs> This is usually where we tell you what we're watching next. But since this is the last episode of the season, we don't have any movie suggestions for you guys. We do plan on coming back next year. So just make sure you're following us on social media. All those places Derek said so you can stay up to date with season two of I Know You with Derek and Jamie. Like Jamie said, this was our last episode of the season. So episodes won't be coming out every other Tuesday like normal. But we do have over 20 episodes already in the catalog. 
talk. So go back, listen to the ones you haven't listened to, re-listen to the ones that you loved, and share them with your friends, share them with your family. Give people the gift of I Know You with Eric and Jamie this holiday season. And sincerely, from the bottom of our hearts, everyone, thank you for listening. so much. Like, seriously, seeing the numbers go up each week has been really nice. Seeing the updates from Jamie, here are our stats, here's what we're doing. I love it. Honestly, listen to us more. Get ready for season two. We don't have an exact date when we're coming back, but we are coming back, and we can't wait to entertain you guys more and talk about movies and TV shows and games and comics and anything else that bring up random recommendations, all the great stuff. So, until next time, I'm Derek. I'm Kitty (laughs) O'Neill. I'm Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.